0: Welcome to the Monash University perioperative medicine podcast series. I'm Dr Christine Ball and today I'm talking with Professor Paul Miles. It's important to audit surgical outcomes if we're going to provide high quality health care. In order to do that effectively, we need appropriate measurement tools. Today we're discussing a recent paper which looks at a novel outcome measure, the days at home up to 30 days after surgery, or the DAH30. Paul Miles, who developed this measure, is one of the co-authors of the paper which looks at surgical outcomes across 21 surgical hospitals in Sweden over the last 10 years. He believes this is one of the most important papers he has ever published. So, Paul, what makes a good outcome measure?
1: Well, thanks, Chris. And before I start, I'd like to acknowledge Max Bell and Lars Ericsson from the Karolinska Institute uh, and their team who actually provided all the data for this analysis and they obviously lead the paper. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, and I think for our team, um, we are interested in quality improvement and measuring good outcomes after surgery and, of course, anaesthesia. And the difficulty at the moment is the definitions that are being used for specific types of complications, whether or not they actually have a direct impact on a person's life in terms of their functional status or emotional status and how that might translate into their longer-term quality of life or disability-free survival. Now, a good metric represents those aspects um, accurately, or if you like, they are valid. But equally, um, given that we need to analyse large numbers of patients to compare hospitals or surgeons or anaesthesiologists, uh, we need precision uh, and simplicity enabled to do that in large numbers. So the ideal outcome metric in anaesthesia or perioperative medicine uh, needs to accurately represent what we and our patients are worried about. is relatively simple to use and the results are actually meaningful to both us and our patients.
0: Okay, so why do we need another outcome measure?
1: Well the sad reality is that most uh, hospital systems or surgical specialties or uh, in anaesthesia uh, measure things differently. They have different definitions for the same complication. Uh, they, might be, they might collect the information in different types of ways. Uh, we often don't consider adequately um, ex- pre-existing comorbidities uh, or complexity of surgery or even the healthcare setting in which the projects are being done. In other words, um, actually accommodating for or considering case mix uh, over and above the quality of the medical care being provided.
0: So why is this measure so important? Well,
1: for me, this integrates, I think, some very important um, components of what a good outcome would be. And it's also got some really um, beneficial statistical attributes. So just starting with the first part, uh, the number of days at home after surgery is a measure of really how well someone recovers after surgery. Mm -hmm. Now, in the past, we've often used hospital length of stay, for instance. Now, the problem with that is Patients are sometimes uh, pushed out of hospital too quick, Uh, they might even represent back to the same hospital with a readmission or even another hospital, or they may well in fact suffer uh, with a poor um, functional status, often with ongoing pain and so on, in their own home, a burden perhaps on their families and others. So these, um, length of stay of itself is quite a poor measure. Importantly, if someone has a really bad outcome after surgery, and in fact dies in hospital, their length of stay could be quite short. Mm. So the simplest way to reduce length of stay in surgery is that patients just die early. <laughs> now that's uh, a, a, you know a, a silly, but in fact realistic um, uh, problem with length of stay data. And equally, of course, it that rarely accommodates for accounts uh, if in fact the patient's readmitted. And we know for many types of major surgery and even in uh, ERAS projects that are being done and reported around the world, that uh, uh, at least 10 and even 20% of patients are readmitted to hospital within 30 days of surgery. So they clearly have not gone well. They need further care, they're not at home. Um, And lastly, of course, is um, some patients are in fact, are discharged, um, perhaps in a precarious state, to a nursing facility or a rehabilitation centre where in fact they're having ongoing care, they're not yet in their home, they've not yet fully recovered. So the actual number of days at home in that first 30 days after surgery integrates all of those aspects into a single number. It's a number that patients understand, that I think healthcare systems can understand. So that gives us what, we call, what I would think of as an integrated metric of mm-hmm. good quality recovery after surgery free of complications, uh, and of course, would be highly correlated to reduced healthcare costs. Now, statistically, it's got some added advantages in that because it is a a continuous metric, uh, you can risk adjust adjust according to um, baseline factors or other surgical factors and get a meaningful comparison either within a single um, institution with improvements over care or benchmarking or comparing hospitals.
0: Okay, so how does it capture that data? Um,
1: Well, this is one of the other benefits of it. I mean, many outcome studies, of course, require regular patient reviews or or medical chart reviews, Mm -hmm. patient follow-ups to find out how they're going and and even things like measuring uh, quality of life and so on uh, into the weeks and months after surgery. So it requires, they're quite resource intensive. Uh, there's often a lot of infrastructure that needs to go into employing trained quality nurses yep. and other staff in the hospital to collect the information, code the information, store it on databases and then analyse it. Uh, in our example where we analysed more than 630,000 patients uh, uh, who had care Uh, through the Karolinska group of hospitals. That was all done using effectively um, electronic clinical administrative data that is already being collected in modern healthcare systems, uh, or it could be included even uh, in in new places that haven't yet got these systems. Uh, The data can be readily um, uh, uh, merged. Uh, It can be, as I said, risk-adjusted and it has the opportunity of being data linked or merged with other databases such as the National Death Index uh, that many, many countries have. So this is actually a very cheap, simple, user-friendly and highly efficient metric that can be developed. Uh, it can be the, you know the fine detail around the exact definition of what is at home and at what point, Um, would you count, for instance, a planned readmission or or otherwise, for instance. That, That can be all added into any study design or quality improvement design. So we get this number relatively simply. It can be done in a dynamic sense. So we can have ongoing monitoring, perhaps on a monthly basis, within a single service or across a whole hospital or group of hospitals. And uh, that, that can be compared at any point, as I said, very highly statistically efficiently.
0: Okay, so how do you think we should use this in the future, this score?
1: Well, I uh, and our group, uh, we propose this as an ideal quality improvement measure. It, it measures something that's meaningful to both mm. us and our patients. Uh, it's interpretable. Uh, as I said, it can be risk adjusted. Uh, And, again, it can be used on an ongoing basis to monitor quality of care or outcomes. Um, uh, Many listeners will be aware that uh, many surgical groups, particularly cardiac surgery organisations around the world, already have public reporting of the results, uh, at least by hospitals, sometimes by individual surgeons. Uh, This type of public reporting can be readily achieved. It's, I think, more valid and reliable. Um, and it tells people the information they want to know. And even if absolutely no um, uh, collection of complication data is done in a hospital, or, or the definitions vary across different hospitals, it, it, it hardly matters whether complication data is collected at all. It hardly matters uh, if death data is collected uh, overall because the one bit of information we would have is the number of days at home. And if a patient has a high number uh, within a benchmark for that type of surgery, if the number is high, we need look no further. We know that's a high quality service. So that's how it can be used. So it can also act as a triage tool. So hospitals can have this um, days alive at at home within 30 days as an ongoing metric. If there's an outlier or is if there's a change over time that's looking uh, worse, then you can drill down and do the extra quality assurance uh, activities required and collect the information and try and work out why is that happening. Is it is it a reduction in a certain service? Is it a change in the case mix? Is it a change in some of the policies that are put around admission and discharge?
0: So it can be used to compare institutions, to compare... Countries, I presume. Exactly. So you need
1: to at least consider obviously what the discharge policies and support services that exist within any healthcare system or within a country. It may be that there's high quality community based nursing care that allows patients to be back in their own home faster. Mm-hmm. Um, Nevertheless, if that in fact is the reason for the higher number, the the apparent improvement of care, I would see that as a genuine indication of better quality care. I think most people would like to see that more often. If a healthcare system hasn't got, for instance, uh, discharge planning or hospital in the home or community nursing, um, then in fact this would highlight some of these deficiencies. So again, I see this as a plus of that metric. Once benchmark data are developed for a particular hospital or group of hospitals then in fact any changes that happen after that uh, become more meaningful within that type of system because you're comparing like with like. If you're going to compare um, a, a group of hospitals or surgeons or surgeries in one different health system to another you need to carefully think through Are you collecting the same information in a similar way? Are we missing something that might otherwise confound or explain the results? So you you still need to use your brain in in these Mm. types of analyses. And all of this equally applies to clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're using this metric in some of our major clinical trials, including the current ITACS trial, looking at intravenous iron in elective cardiac surgery. It's our primary endpoint in that trial. Uh, it's an ideal metric for clinical trials because, once again, it's patient-centred, it's statistically efficient, uh, and it gives us information that is important to the, to ourselves and patients.
0: Why 30 days? Does it roll on out? I mean, at what point do you say that 90 days, is that too long? Is that no longer relevant to the surgery? Is it...
1: Well, that's a good question and we did consider this. I think many listeners will appreciate that for major surgeries uh, and particularly when there are complications, you will see adverse effects at least out to 90 days or perhaps longer. So we're well aware of that. In the paper that we've published in this week's e-clinical medicine, uh, we looked at uh, days at home out to 90 days. The same patterns were seen, had the same validity Um, uh, uh, psychometric indices, so it's at least equally as good. But in actual fact, it didn't tell us anything extra or anything new. Uh, And given that to go out to 90 days introduces some potential loss of data, um, some possibility that some other uh, adverse uh, things could occur to the patient that are completely independent of the surgery. Um, My conclusion, at least, is that the days at home out to 30 days gives you the most potent, accurate, surgery-specific information uh, and that, in fact, it gives you all you need to detect um, variations in care or deficiencies in care. And perhaps uh, even more interestingly, what we did uh, in this uh, analysis from Sweden is we merged these data with the National Death Index and got survival out to one year after surgery. And what we are able to clearly demonstrate in this publication in e-clinical medicine is that the number of days at home in the first 30 days after surgery is incredibly strongly prognostically correlated with one year survival. So in other words, if you have very few days at home after surgery, you're much more likely to die. And we've got numbers around that with, with very tight precision estimates.
0: All data can be misused. Do you see any ways that these sort of outcome measures can be used negatively?
1: That is a concern. It's the same with all, both quality indicators themselves and other quality studies that are done. There are all sorts of metrics being used to assess the quality, particularly of surgical care and even individual surgeons' practice. And they have been misused and there is often gaming involved in terms of how, for instance, um, uh, some of the codings are done uh, within a particular practice. Now, now this metric, uh, the the number of days at home within 30 days of surgery, is more robust and less likely to be distorted. So I think it's a better, more resilient measure for this purpose. But nevertheless, there are, there are clever people around who will and could misuse uh, this metric for, for um, if you like, misleading purposes. So again, uh, any particular quality improvement study or project or activity, or in a clinical trial, you need to look at the detail of the methods of how the data is collected, how the analyses are done to ensure that, it, that it's being used in um, you know, the, the, the correct, correct way.
0: Okay, is there anything else that we haven't covered that you'd like to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, we, I did my first validation study of this metric, which we published in BMJ Open a couple of years ago, and, and we got very positive findings. This paper that we've just released in eClinical medicine, using a very large data set from Sweden, has uh, very strongly replicated those findings and extended them much further. Uh, I'm also aware that, in fact, in this month's um, Anesthesiology, a group from Toronto led by Juminda with Jason have done similar analyses of Canadian data, showing some very similar findings. Uh, what I would like to see now is other groups um, evaluating this metric in their own setting, either at an individual hospital level or across across groups of hospitals, uh, to really demonstrate that in fact it's working very well. And under what circumstances maybe there there be some, um, you know, some potential for um, misunderstanding or misleading findings. Mm. I mean, we need more work, more studies uh, to really fully road test this metric in the future. Mm.
0: Thank you. Thanks very much.
1: Thanks, Chris.